Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Father, thank you for the privilege to hear your word. We pray that you open the heavens upon us. Reveal yourself to us. Oh, worthy Lamb of God, let the scroll be open. Show us Jesus. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to us. Help us to know where we, are, where we stand in our hearts with you and give us the grace to stand aright. Heal the sick. Direct the confused. Deliver the afflicted. Save the lost. Heal the brokenhearted. Open the prison gates for those who are in bondage. And let your name be glorified. I thank you. That Lord, speak through me to the body of Christ. Speak through me to this generation. Let my speaking be your speaking. Holy Spirit, let me not speak what is not of you, but what is, not, what is of men. Let me not speak what is of men. Let me speak what is of you. Let me mind the things of the Spirit. Let me mind the things that are of you. Let me mind the things that you are doing as I speak to your precious people here and those all around the world. Thank you, in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, last two weeks, I spoke about, no, no. I've been talking about the second coming of Christ. And if one, a, a young man was seen by, someone saw a young man some time ago, and the young man, uh, he, he says, and the, the man is a pastor. I asked the young man, do you know about Jesus? The man said, yes, he's coming back, isn't he? That's what he remembers so much about Jesus. We have focused so much about what he will do for us now and eclipse his second coming and how to prepare for his second coming in our generation and in the, in the church today. And so it's necessary to know every now and then to be made aware that he's coming. He's coming. He doesn't need anybody's opinion. He, doesn't, he, does, he, he, he did not consult anybody in creating the world, and he will not consult anybody in deciding when he's coming to change everything. Tell someone, Jesus is coming. Or oh, say it louder, Jesus is coming. Thank you, Jesus. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 3, it says that he'll come, I will come upon you as a thief. <laughs> and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. He's going to, it's like he's going to sneak on us. But to some people, it will not be a surprise. Why? Because they will be prepared anyway. Prepared and looking forward to his coming. Paul puts it this way. I have fought a good fight. Second Corinthians, sorry, Second Timothy chapter four, verse 
7. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith and I have kept, finished my course. Second Timothy chapter 4. And I've, verse 8, verse 7, and then verse 8, I've, 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 I've finished my course. And then verse 8 says that, verse 8 says that, finally, there is laid up for me a, a crown. Say crown. Wow. I remember Archbishop came here preached on, we shall wear crowns and we shall sit on some thrones. There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge will give to me on that day. Say that day. Right. Say that day. Right. And watch this. This is the point I want to make. And not to, uh, not to me only, but also to all who love his appearing. So to love his appearing, it means that your eyes are on his coming. Mm. Something you love, you, 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 you hardly lose sight or lose focus on something you love. Yeah. All who love his appearing, he's coming with a crown for them. Yeah. He's coming with a reward. That's right. And so every believer, every Christian is enjoined by God to have an expectation of his coming and to prepare not just expect his coming, prepare. Ask someone, are you prepared for his coming? Are you prepared for his coming? Yes. Oh, some of you won't say anything because you're not prepared to say anything. Ask somebody, are you prepared for his coming? Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming. Prepare for his coming. So, I spoke about how Jesus said he's going to come as a thief in the night. That means that Nobody knows when he's coming. And I quoted the scripture from Matthew chapter 24, verse 40, from four, verse 40, where he said that, excuse me, he said, two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left, you see? Yeah. So it, the problem is not the field. If the problem was the field, they shouldn't have taken the other one from the field. Yeah. And it's not what they are doing. Mm -hmm. Because they all seem to be doing the same thing. In those days, to be on the field is like to go to work. Mm -hmm. To go tomorrow, Monday, most of us will go on the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm this. What, what field? I do this job. What kind of? What field? In what field? Uh, so field connotes place of work. So two men will be working. One will be taken, watch this, one will be taken and one will be left. The problem is not the work, but the problem is the attitude with which they are working. What attitude are we supposed to be working with? Whilst you are working, your mind must know that he can be coming anytime. So you are not just pursuing career. You are not just pursuing money. You are not just pursuing a job. But whilst you are living your day-to-day -day life, your mind is on the fact that it's coming with a reward. Mm. So it makes you alert. Yeah. It makes you, on, it puts you on your guard. Prepare! Look at the next verse, verse 41. It says that two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. It's not got to do with the agenda. It's not got to do with what they are doing. It's got to do with their preparedness. Yeah. Likewise, two 
Members will be in a service. <laughs> one will be taken, one will be. Coming to church is not a guarantee that you will make it. It's not a guarantee. Oh. Okay, then maybe those who are not going to church. See, don't, don't, those unbelievers kind of unscriptural mindset that you never know. There are people who are not in church, but they'll make it to heaven. Shut up. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. You can't make it to heaven outside of the church. Yes. Yeah. You can't make it to heaven outside of the church. He said, I am coming for a glorious church. Read, read your Bible. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, 27. He said, I'm coming for a glorious church, the bride of Christ. If you're not part of the bride of Christ, why would someone come for you when you are not a bride? Comes for a wedding and said, they said, behold the bride. And then when you want to make the vow, he goes to one of the bridesmaids. <laughs> he only make the vow and he's coming to get married to the bride, not the maids. Oh no, his mother, even though sometimes the mothers would like to. <laughs> Dangerous mothers, not all mothers. Some, mother. Some mothers, if you marry their sons, you will not be free. They'll pursue you always as my son eating. <laughs> what are you doing to my son? When are you giving him a, a, a child? <laughs> all right, so. Um, it's not got to do with what they were doing. You can be coming to, you can be in church, but church not be in you. Wow. There are two different things. Wow. Wow. Many people will say, many people will say, um, I'm a Christian. What's the meaning of that? What's the meaning of that? I'm a Christian. What's the meaning of that? <laughs> you are filling the forms. I'm a Christian. It doesn't mean you are. <laughs> Politically, you may say you are. Yeah. Sociologically, you may say you are. Yeah. But the Bible says, this is a very interesting text. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, it says that the foundation of the Lord stands firm, having this seal. God knows those who are his. Yes. Did you see that? I think this is not part of my text, but we should all read it together. Let's go. Nevertheless, the only foundation of God's earth. How can we see The Lord knows those who are his. And let all in the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So the Lord knows those who are his. So, you know. But one thing I saw in John chapter 10, verse 27, it says that um, Jesus said, I know my sheep, and my sheep know my voice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. What he's trying to say is that Christians follow Jesus. They know his voice. Well, so he says that in Matthew chapter um, 24, verse 41, two women will be grinding at the mill. Two men will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one will be left. That, that word, left. It's, it's, it's not accidental. Mm. It's intentional. God chose this one and left that one. So it's not like, you never know by accident, maybe I chose this one to go and then I ended up, no, 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 no. It can't be like that. It's not a random chance or random selection. 
It's not random selection. Okay. You come. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that gentleman. Yeah. No, 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 no. That one now. Yeah, come. And then, no, no. No. You have to determine whether you are going or not. It's, it's even not God who determines. God doesn't even determine who is going or not in that sense. Because you have to prepare yourself for his coming. How do you prepare for his coming? And after his first, after his coming, when he comes like a thief, I told you, three and a half years, there's going to be terrible tribulation. Then he will come openly, publicly, and he says that there will be the trumpets, and those who are dead in Christ will rise first. All right? And then that will then start the millennial reign, reigning with Christ. When one of the messages of the Jehovah's Witness, Witnesses, is when they come to you, they ask you usually if you believe in life after death. So the, the main thrust of their message is paradise. Look at the way there's trouble in this world. Look at the way sometimes things are hard, sicknesses, and there's a place coming. And so they point you, Bible, and then I think one of them quoted years ago, came to preach to me. And he quoted, the, the Bible says that the meek in Psalms, the meek shall inherit the earth. So they say, we shall inherit the earth, actually. Jesus even said in the Beatitude, uh, Matthew chapter 5, said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So that means that the earth is going to be restored. Right. And then they will quote, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down, Revelations, coming down from God, Revelation 22. I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down from God. So there's going to be a new earth. Mm. And then they will quote, Isaiah, they will quote, not, they may not, but it's in Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 11, from verse 1 to 10, it talks about how the lion and the lamb will lie together. Yeah. The lion will even eat straw. He said, a baby, will, a baby, a baby will play with a cobra. <laughs> and there will be so much perfect utopia. Everything will be perfect. Glorified state, which is true, it's going to happen. In scripture, it is called the restoration. Right. In Acts chapter 3, verse 21, let's go to chapter 1, verse 6 instead. I'll show you. So in those times, the Jews were already expecting a certain time which the Messiah was going to bring. So that is what the Jehovah's Witness tried to sell that you know you have to follow Jehovah because everything is going to be wiped away and there's going to be a new season, which is true, but now the way to follow the Jehovah is a whole different story. <laughs> Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Jesus, this is the disciples, right. they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? Say the kingdom. The kingdom. Say the kingdom. the kingdom. These are disciples who have followed Jesus and were born again. Jesus was about to leave them. When they had come together, they asked him, are you about to restore? That's what they were expecting from the Messiah. Because there is a time coming when there will be peace. There will be, everything will be, will be peaceful, glorious. 
So when you see pictures drawn of paradise, it's so nice, nice scenery. You see what river flowing, nice greenery, fruits. Everything is so nice. No more dying, no more pain, no more shame. Bible says, "For the Lord shall wipe away all tears from their eyes." I think that is Revelation chapter twenty. I suppose so. So, so there will not be sorrow. So. He actually, the Bible actually, so the, sorry, the, the Jews were expecting that. And that's what they knew. That's what the Messiah was coming to do. Then a Messiah comes and tells them, I'm going to die. That's why Peter said, God forbid, how can you go and die? You are the Messiah. <laughs> You're supposed to restore. And then Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. I have to die. They were looking at earthly things. And Jesus went on the cross and died. But he told them, I'll resurrect on the third day. And so on the third day, he rose back to, to life. And then just before he left them, they were together. Verse 4 of Acts chapter 1, Bible says that when they had assembled together, he told them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. All right, so when they, Acts chapter 1 verse 4, when they assembled together, he told them not to depart, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to live for the promise of the Father, which he has said, not many days from now you shall be baptized, verse 5. He said you should be baptized, John uh, truly baptized them with water, but you should be. So you see what Jesus, Jesus introduced the conversation, and you know their response, look at verse 6, they asked him, at what time are you going to restore the kingdom? Mm. He was talking about the Holy Spirit, they were talking about this Utopia. Talking about the, the times that everything is going to be cool. Because they expect that's now you have resurrected. Actually, when, when are you going to restore? So, the, therefore, when they had come, verse 6, uh, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom? They were expecting the restoration of the kingdom. Acts chapter 3, verse 21. Acts 3, 21. Whom Talking about Jesus, I think we should go to verse 20 so it can make sense a little bit. Let's see, verse 20. And that they had, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you. Jesus, Peter was telling them that, uh, repent, okay? Uh, become, uh, verse 19, All right, I think, let's, let's, I just like doing, verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Verse 20. From the presence of the Lord, and that ye, uh, that He may send Jesus Christ, who was preached unto you. This talking about the second coming, because right. this is after the resurrection. This is actually after Pentecost. Mm. The day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, it was in chapter two, mm. and then in chapter three, the uh, the chap chap chapter three was when uh, Peter was when uh, the man at the beautiful gate was healed, and they said, "Hey, hey." It's amazing, it's amazing. And Peter went, and Peter said, you guys repent. So he preached Christ to them. He says that God, that he, God, may send Jesus Christ, who was preached before. All right, go to the next verse. Verse 10. Whom the heavens must, ah, Jesus is not. So that's why he said, Jesus, there's a time Jesus is coming, but the heavens must keep him there. The heaven must receive until the times of the restoration of all things. That's what Jehovah's Witness focus on. So there's coming a time when everything will be restored. And when everything is restored, it's not everyone who is going to benefit. Let me explain who is going to benefit and who is not going to benefit. Bible talks about how we shall reign with Christ. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 to 6. Revelation 24 to 6. 
He says that, ah, this is so, this is what Abishai was talking about. He said, and I saw thrones, say thrones. Thrones. Now, it's not the throne of God. I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and, and judgment was co- committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who, ha- who had been beheaded for their witnesses to Jesus and for the word of God, and who had not worshipped the beast and his image, and had not received his mark on their forehead or their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. That's the millennium kingdom. They reign with Christ for a thousand years. First Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 talks about how we shall judge with Christ. Things. In the millennium kingdom, when everything is going to be restored beautifully, we shall be reigning with Christ. It's not everybody who will be reigning with Christ. It's those who will keep their garments pure and keep their testimony for Jesus in this world. That's where the message is going. In this world, those who get themselves prepared, you cannot be... Listen, he said there will be gnashing and weeping of teeth. He said at the end, in the end, I will separate the wheat from the chaff. I will separate the goat from the sheep. He's not talking about unbelievers and believers. He's talking about people in the church. There are wheat in the church and there are chaff in the church. There are are, uh, goats and there are sheep. Right in the church. Yes. And so at that time, when he comes, remember, remember, when he he told the parable, the the parable of the servant, faithful servant, the parable of the talent. He says that um, their master was traveling and he gave one, five, or uh, one, and then two, and then five. He said they all are the same, they had the same master. Unbelievers, their master is not Jesus. Their master is not God. So he's, he's talking about those who are already saved and in the fold. And then when he returned, he said, you are a faithful servant. You will be a ruler over many things, many cities. Matthew chapter 25. He said, because of your faithfulness, you see, you have to rule. They gave him rule because, I think it's verse 26, 27, 28, somewhere there. 29, let's look at 29. Matthew 25, 29. Yeah, we'll go to 21, but let's look at 29. For everyone who has more will be given, and he uh, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken. Look at the, the verse 30. Go to the verse 30. This is a serious one. Look at verse 30. And cast into uh, cast the unprofitable servant into utter ah. So wait, are some believers going to be cast into utter darkness? Wow. Unprofitable believers? Unprofitable servants? And he said there will be nothing. I, I, I wish I have. Oh, Pastor said it. He said this unprofitable. So church members, some church people, born again people, Christians. I'm talking about not the nominal Christian, but true. Some will be cast because they didn't keep their garments clean and backslided. They will be for a season. It's not eternally. Because God's children can't go to hell. God's children will not burn in hell. 
but there will be a season where people will be punished. And that is why, watch this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, mm. verse 10. Mm. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. From there, I'll show it to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, read it. For, okay, I think we should all read it from the screen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's read it Allah. Let's go. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We who, are. who did you think that we is talking about? Did you think all human beings? No. Oh. All human, why will all human beings appear before the judgment seat of Christ? Mm. He's talking about Christians. Mm. We who call ourselves Christ's people, Christians, we the Christians, we must, it's a necess necessary requirement. We must all, not some, whether you're a pastor, you're not a pastor, everybody. Who must appear before the this time is not the the saving seat. It's a judgment seat. So that's not when to go and ask for mercy. Mm. It's judgment. He yeah. said, "Read it. Let's look at it again. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and each one sorry that each one may receive." We are going there to be judged and to receive. Receive what? The things done in your, see, your body, not your spirit. Don't say, oh, that's for me, I'm worshiping God in my spirit. He's going to give, <laughs> God knows my heart. But he's going to judge you based on what you have done in your body, not your heart. Oh, you know, it doesn't matter. It's all in the heart. No, 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 no. You can't tell a woman I love you and it's in my heart. She has to see some cards. She has to see some money. When you go to the restaurant, she must see you paying. Then you are talking. When she knows you are working. There's no reason why a woman should go out with a man who doesn't want to work. I'm not saying who is in between jobs. <laughs> who doesn't want to work? His mother will blame you instead. Yes. Meanwhile, she trained him. <laughs> oh, the thing is coming. <laughs> I can't tell a woman, you know, I love you and it's in my heart. I love you. Please, 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 please. On the flip side, those of you, those of you who claim, I haven't said anything to her. Mm -hmm. oh. I, so I don't know why she thinks I like it. Your actions, it's your actions are speaking louder than your words. Stop calling her always around midnight and, and <sighs> have you, how has your day been? In fact, you were on my mind. Shut up, shut up. <laughs> What do you mean by you in my mind the whole day? Shut Nonsense. Shut Nonsense. Shut up. Women's hearts get affected by those statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I doing in your mind? That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It is very easy to steal a woman's heart. Yeah. Very easy. I, I had a nice dream. I'm talking to husbands. Yeah. You're always complaining about your wife. Master the, the act of stealing her heart. Capture, capture her heart. You can capture her heart. A woman's heart is available for capturing. God created women's hearts to be captured. Yeah. 
So you must, you must master the game. There are different ways of capturing the heart of different women. So you women, somebody's husband is showering goose on you. You say, oh, there's nothing wrong. He's married. No, sis. He's capturing your heart, and you know you like it. Your heart is gone already. Don't pretend. Your heart is gone. Repent. Don't pretend. Repent. Hey, I'm preaching better now. So, it's a message. Heart capture. Is it not amazing? Is it not fantastic? Is it not wonderful? What a shock! I see you in my dream. So, don't say it's in the heart. True worship emanates and starts from the heart, but it doesn't end there. Any worshiper, anything you do for God that has no, which is not heart-born, is fake. It does never, you can give your whole life to be sacrificed, all your resources to God. If it's not from the heart, God does not recognize it. So it must start from the heart, but if it is in the heart, it will show on the hands. So you can't say, I have this condition in my heart. Bible says, actually, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, by the time you realize you are saying things that are, things that sometimes you don't want to say, you say, your heart is full of that. Yeah. I remember when I first fell in love. Oh, Sometimes you are even praying in tongues. Sorry. But and everywhere I, go, I went, I had her picture in my album, in my in my wallet. When I meet you, in fact, my friend Pastor Crepe those days said, now, after Jesus, I waste your message. <laughs> you, you won't meet me without knowing that I have that woman. You saw, Pastor Frank, you saw the picture in those days? Yeah, I always had it. But when I married and grew up, I began suffering husband syndrome. <laughs> Husband will tend to forget all kinds of uh, that because now you're actually building family. When you are building family, you focus on some serious stuff sometimes to it will make you forget the romantic stuff. Yes, 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 yes. And but the romantic stuff is also important. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. But don't make it the be all because most of the young girls, when they think about marriage, it's romance they are thinking. They don't know marriage is really different. Marriage is very different. They are thinking of big, big, uh, they ever live happily after. And their definition is with a romance. No. You have to suffer to live happy. Happy living comes by a hard price. Paying a hard price. 
You have to pay the price. The way your mouth, yap, 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 yap. No man can have peace with you. <laughs> you know that already. <laughs> Bible says that it's better to live in a roof panel, <laughs> to go and live there, than to live in the same house with a, ma- a woman who is always, ah, con- contentious wife, always contending, and con- con- ah, 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 contentious and cantankerous. <laughs> Litigatious. Everything, there must be a court case around it. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's no way you can sustain a man with that disrespectful, blah, 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 blah attitude. As for me, no, as for me, um, that's why you haven't been able to keep, keep any man. Can we, can, we, can we go back to the second coming? Can we go back to the second coming because I'm saying something? So he said, everyone will give an account, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, all right, that each one may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done. Whether good or bad, you're going to receive. Everyone is going to appear. Me, I'm going to, that's why I'm preaching the way I'm preaching. I'm going to appear. And the pastors and the teachers will even be judged differently with more strictness. Yeah. So those of you who want to do uh, past, be pastors and teachers, God will judge you more. Yes. All right. So why? So that he will give us rewards. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, 13, 14 talks about Verse 11 said, no foundation can, uh, no other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. All right. And he said, I, as a master builder, have laid the foundation. Verse, verse 12 said, let anyone, everyone be, take heed how he builds upon it. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. Let, uh, the, uh, verse 12. Now, if anyone builds upon this foundation, gold, silver, what's the foundation, Jesus? You have been called to build on it when you become a Christian. Mm-hmm. So some are building with gold, others silver, others precious stone, wood, hay, straw. Okay, uh, 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 six different type of building materials. Gold, silver, precious stones, those ones cannot burn. Wood, hay, straw, fire will just consume them. Fire will lick them out. So there are people who, when Jesus comes, there will be nothing to your name. Because you gave God straw services. You gave God wooden services. It looked like it was solid, but it was wooden. And he gave God hay services, you see? So look at the verse 12, verse 13. He said, every man's work will be tested. Each one's work will be, so not each man's heart too. Work. Not each man's heart. Each man's work, what you are doing is what God will take notice of. I feel sorry for Christians who don't do anything for the church. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about work, energy. It says in James, I'll come back to that text. In James chapter 1, verse 25, it says that whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, he said, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and it, perfect law of liberty is talking about the Bible. The Bible. Okay? This is the perfect law of liberty, the Bible. He said, whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, 
and is not a forgetful hearer, but doer of what? The work. Of what? The work. Not the word, the work. There's work in the Bible. When you read the Bible, you should see work, not breakthrough. You see, see what? If God wants to bless you, He will leave you with an instruction. God can't just say, "Oh, I feel like blessing you. Take it." No, He will leave you with an instruction, and when you follow the instructions, the blessings follow. So when you look into the path, the Word of God, you are supposed to see work. God rewards us based on our works, not our wishes. Oh, I wish God would do this. Please, God, us is busy. <laughs> so he says that First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 13 Each man's work will be Each man's work will become clear How? The work will become clear How? For the day will declare it The day will declare it You see There's a day coming the day will declare, the day will tell what sort of work this is. Yeah. Wow. You hear what I say? Yeah. There's a day coming. The day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. Fire will be blown on your work. <laughs> and we shall, all this noise you have been making. <laughs> I'm going to church with this. Your, your, sorry, I'm just using your bag. I said this up. Okay. <laughs> this big bag. In fact, who has a very big Bible? I think my own is the biggest at the moment. Bag in your right, another one, and a Bible, and a... Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Lift him up, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Every man's work will be tested. And because fire will reveal their dancing. This big bag in your armpit. This big Bible in your armpit. And this plenty quotation, Matthew 5.10, Matthew, Matthew 5.9, uh, 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 Luke, John 3, 6, all these quotation, quotation. Some of you are singing in the choir. I wonder what kind of songs, uh, what kind of service you are giving to God. Because God is about to send fire on a day. And the work will be tested. And watch this, put it on the screen and see. He says that everyone's work will be tested by fire, and the fire will test each, sorry, will be revealed by fire. The fire will test each man's work. No wish, no heart. Work. Everybody say work. work. Say work. work. As long as you have your strength, please use it for God's work. Do something for God. You are not helping a pastor. He actually is also doing his own. Do your own. A day is coming. If, no, no, if you are a Christian, if you are not a Christian, I'm not talking about you. You need Christ if you are not a Christian. But if you are a Christian in Christ, you claim Christ in your heart, is in your heart, you need to be a faithful steward. You need to work for God because he is going to reward us based on our work. He said that the fire will test each man's work what sort it, or what sort it is. What kind of shouting is this? I am blessed. Amen. The fire will test it. The fire will test it. Is it a good message? It's a good. The fire, the fire will test it. The fire will test it. The fire will test it. I'm not saying it. You may not like it, but I'm just trying to. It's good. You can't say I didn't know about it. And the word to the, a word to the wise is enough. 
tired of going to church for religious purposes. Satan uses religion, culture, entertainment, uh, commerce, industry, to blind ed education, to keep people busy in a worldly system. Even though most of these things may not be bad by themselves, Satan has developed a system around your desires, your passion, and your lusts. So your lusts, your pursuits, and your passions, Satan designs, uh, creates a system to place a demand on you based on your lusts, your pursuits, and your passion. So the more you respond based on your lust, pursuit, and passion to these things, the more you stay away from God's purpose. Bible says I preach, I was preaching on it last Thursday. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. James chapter 4, verse 4. James chapter 4, verse 4. James chapter 4, verse 4. There are people in churches just because of ulterior motives. Wow. Yes. Some are here this morning because you are trying to catch the heart of a certain woman. Hey. <laughs> Some are here this morning because you are trying to win the heart of a certain lady. Hey. Some are here this morning because you are trying to make a statement to let people have a certain impression about you. Some are here this morning because they bought this, uh, this new uh, attire. They have, to, they have to release it. They, 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 they have to release it. They have, because if you don't wear it today, wear again. When are you going, are you going to wear it? No, you have to wear it today. Ah! I'll wear it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So it's very important you understand that Your enmity with, so friendship with the world. Watch this. This is very, James 4, 4. It makes it very, it's a very, listen to this text. I actually haven't started my main message now. Listen to this text. It says, adulteress and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world? This is the world. Friendship, see, friendship with the world is automatic enmity with God. That, that's how dangerous worldliness is. When you make the world your friend, you automatically become the enemy of God. What is it about the world that makes people enemy of God? Because John, 1 John 5, 19 says that all those in the world and the things in the world say that we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So once you, it's like there's flooding and something is being washed away and you go you, it's your football, you don't want it to go, or maybe your car tire or something. So you are holding on to, that thing is being washed away, but you are, you are holding, see, you are holding on to something that is swaying you away from home. Yeah, well. so, can I go there? Marriage. Some tests that certain husbands and wives are developing mm. is, is swaying you away from healthy marriage. Mm. Pornography, I can guarantee you. You can't do pornography and have a healthy marriage. The two can never go together. It's like a man pregnant. 
The re- especially man, the reason why pornography can never help you in your, rela- your marriage is because porn, some men love it, porn, porn desensitizes you to the appropriate appreciation to the body at hand. Because, you see, nobody has everything together. If the breast is not nice, maybe the boob will be nice. It's like that. Maybe they have nice figure, but the leg is like chopsticks. And even what you call niceness, because of life and time, time, it will be subjected to, after 21 years old, a woman's body begins to reverse. So gravity begins to work on the breasts. Thank God for Wonder Bra. So, And then when when a woman gives birth to a child or two, most of the times, not always, the body changes. Yes, yes. The body changes. Yes. Changes. Like Pastor O said the other time when she finished talking, like Pastor O said the other time, <laughs> is it corset yes, yes. and ghettos? Just to hold things together for it to look like it's always been. But really, it's only the husband that. Re- <laughs> <laughs> You are seeing her, you are seeing her, Kevin. Oh, the husband will tell you that she's almost like a maggot. Mitchell in time. So, if you go and marry a woman or follow a woman just because of body, the body will change. That's one. And if you do porn, Actually, even you may have the most glamorous woman in front of you, it will not be satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's always, it, 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 it's, oh man, it's wicked. And it's not just superficial, it goes deep, it cuts something, it dismantles a sense of order inside you. Wow. So something deep in you gets dismantled. And the worst bit of it is, it breaks down your bricks as a man. So you may find maybe a certain woman very, you know, usually, or very nice and appealing. She can come around you, that's nothing. But the more you do porn, the more you can't resist. So when you, every, most of the time, almost every sex offender has some pornography behind them. They know what they are doing is dangerous, but they don't have the bricks. The more we have pornography at Rife or available, the more we have a lot of sex offenders. And the women who do it are even dangerous. Dangerous. They are dangerous. So, let me go back to my text. 
everybody's work will be tested. Yeah. Everybody's work. Why would everybody's work be, will be tested? Because God, there's going to be a reward system. I think I, I need to finish that text, verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, and I'll just move on to uh, some matters. Um, each one's work will be clear, for the day will, will make it, uh, will, sorry, the, the, the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each man's work of what sort is it. Verse 14, look at this, look at this. If, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive what? Is this not, this is not salvation? No. There's not, the person is already saved. Yeah. Now it's reward time. Paul said, therefore, there remains a crown of glory for me, which the righteous judge. He's coming as a judge who give to me, not only to me and for all those who love his appearance. That's what I said in verse, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. But look at, look at it. Verse, the next verse, first, first Corinthians, please quickly, my, my, my time is up. First Corinthians, anyone's work will be burned. He said, if anyone's work is burnt, he will suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you see that? So it's not, you, you, it's not that you are going to hell. You'll be saved. But you won't have a reward, and it will not be a pleasant time. When Christ comes, suddenly you realize that all what you have been fighting for in your life and you see your energy for has been vain because it can follow you. Your house won't. Your job won't. Your certificate won't. It can't, as a matter of fact. Your beauty won't. The only thing, watch this, the only thing that will follow you is what you have built on your Christian life. He said, wow. it, 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 it said, what you have built, everyone, what you have built, he said, anyone's word, which, no, no, that, verse, verse 14, verse 14, look at it. Verse 14, anyone's word, which he has built on it, on the foundation of Christ. Yeah. Your Christian work. This leads me to the main text about when you read the book of Luke, chapter 15, it talks about how lost souls are important. Right. <clears throat> Luke chapter 15 talks about people, when people are saved, it's important. But after salvation, so entire Luke chapter 15 was about salvation, parables. That's why he spoke about the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. And then he said a few parables. Then he goes to Luke chapter 16, and Luke chapter 16, do you know how it starts? He didn't talk about, he didn't talk anymore about salvation, but he, talks, he spoke about stewardship. So after salvation, the next requirement is stewardship. Luke 61. Luke 61. He also said to his disciples, there was a rich, <laughs> there was a certain rich man. Pastor Joshua, read it. Let's read it, read it. Read down. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him who that... Had who had what? Who had what? Stewards. Stewards. We are all called to be stewards. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, we are meant to be stewards. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, we are meant... First Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Okay. Go back. The plan on the system is very fast. That's good. Go back. First Corinthians 4. First Corinthians chapter 4. It says that, let, let, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2. Watch this verse 2. I like verse 2. Verse 2 says that, moreover, it's required of a steward to be found faithful. Say faithful. So if I entrust my goods into your hands, I expect you to be very faithful in how you handle what I've entrusted in your hands. Yes. 
All right. So when you become born again, as soon as you are a Christian, as soon as you come into Christ, God entrusts his work in your hands. And he expects you to be faithful because he's going to judge you based on your attitude towards his work, not based on what you did to be saved. Because there's nothing you can do to be saved apart from putting your faith in Christ Jesus. So when it comes to salvation, it's not based on your works. But when it comes to rewards, it's based on your works. So can I say that again? When it comes to salvation, it's not based on your works. I'm a very good person. I don't, I don't steal. I don't do this. Hey! Your good works cannot take you to heaven. Your bad works cannot stop you from going to heaven. The only thing that determines... uh, But you forgotten John 3.16? Can we all say John 3.16 together? Louder, please. Let's go. The whole soul that believes should not perish. But all you have to do is believe and you have an everlasting life. Eternal life, if it's based on works, how can a criminal go to heaven? When he was dying on the cross, he told Jesus, remember me. Jesus said, today you shall be with me in paradise because you believe me. Today. He hasn't done anything good. He's a criminal. And for people to die by execution on the cross, they hardened criminals. And so this was a hardened criminal. So he told the other guy that, you know, do the two of us, we deserve it. But Jesus didn't deserve it. The ones on the cross with him said, no, he's not a criminal. The one who betrayed him said, he's not a criminal. The one who judged him said, he's not a criminal. The one who accused him said, they didn't find anything to accuse him against. He was the lamb without blemish, according to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, 19. He was a lamb without spot, the lamb of God who takes away the... But the one on this cross said that we, we, have, we deserve what we are going through. But, and, and then after he rebuking the other one, he turns to Jesus and he said, Lord, please remember me when you come to your kingdom. Jesus said, I tell you, verily I tell you, this day you shall be with me in paradise. His salvation was guaranteed. And so you are not saved based on what you've done. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. He says that, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself, let any man must boast. So it is not what you have done that guarantees your salvation. It's not what you have done that guarantees your salvation. I repeat it. It's not how, many, how much money you give to a church that will guarantee your salvation. It's not how many times you go to a church that, you go to church that guarantees your salvation. It's not how many good things you have done that guarantees your salvation. It's not the fact that you are not fighting your neighbors that guarantee your salvation. There may be somebody can turn cross living next to you, always fighting their neighbors, but is believed in Jesus Christ, which reflects in his, should reflect in his behavior, but that's a reward problem. That's why you'll be judged. Yeah. So if it doesn't reflect, reflect on your behavior, you actually will miss his second coming, or actually you, you can't behave anyhow and make it. You miss and go through tribulation, and then when it comes to the reward time, you, you, there'll be gnashing of teeth. So stop judging by, they call themselves Christian, look at what they are doing. No, it's, not your, it's none of your business. It's none of your business. Leave people to come to church. If you won't go to church, just, 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 you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I leave people to look for God. Because the religious guys, they can't tolerate anyone who is making a mistake or who is not living right or living the way they expect. Because they feel very personally offended. Why are you not praying? Why are you fasting? Why are you not doing what we are all doing? They don't like you. 
That's why they feel like if you don't follow their religion, they have to kill you. That's religion. But Jesus said, where are those who accuse you? John chapter 8, verse 8. Lady, where are your accusers? He said, I don't, they, I don't know. They've all gone. He said, me too. I, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I don't condone the sin, but I'm not going to condemn you because of the sin. Because for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It's very important we understand. But how, however, those of you who have been saved, you will be judged. How about those who are not saved? As for them, it's like they throw them straight into hell. No one will have to judge them. <laughs> uh, they open the book, your name is on there. Okay. <laughs> Next, where's your name? Uh, register. Register. Your name is on the book of, Lamb book of life. They throw you out into hell. Go and somewhere with demons. <laughs> go, go and somewhere with demons. But those whose names are in the Lamb book of life, they will be judged before Christ, the judgment seat of. The other ones who stand before the judgment throne of God before the throne of God, but we before the judgment seat of Christ. Because Christ is our savior. He's going to judge us. Christ, see, you let that so-called pastor misbehave. Let that so-called church go and leave them. A day is coming. It's called a day of reckoning. A day is coming. A day is coming. Don't make someone's unseriousness your business. Because you have a lot of work to do on yourself. So why don't you focus, channel your energy to work on yourself and leave somebody between them and God? No, but pastor, I saw, I saw her with a certain man. He's not married to the man. And somebody said, no, it's not right. Ah, did I do that? It's not right. Hey, hmm. Jesus said, Jesus said, you are trying to remove the speck from somebody's eye. By you, there's a log on your eyes. He said, remove the log from your eyes before you attempt to remove the speck from somebody's eye. As long as others are concerned, it's a tiny thing. As long as you are concerned, your issues are bigger. So God said, concentrate on your own issues, sort yourself out, and the day, the day of reckoning, the day of judgment will show. Sadius! It's important. Yeah. Mom, professor, that day. People say that, oh, some people, you see people who think they are big bishops and you see they will make it to heaven. Please, you, why don't you? He said, who are you to judge another person's servant? I think Romans chapter, um, somewhere there, Romans. Romans 14 or so. Yeah, I think it's Romans 14. To his master, his stands or fall. Leave somebody's servant. And I think you should concentrate on your life. Who are you? Romans 14. Who are you to judge another person? To his master, he stands or fall. Indeed, he'll be, he'll be made to stand, for God is able to make. So leave him alone. Why are you so preoccupied with? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Anybody you see so preoccupied with what others are doing wrong is operating under religion. Christianity and godliness doesn't, preoccup- doesn't get preoccupied with what others are doing wrong. It gets preoccupied with how to help others do right and how to do right. Hey! I actually feel like preaching, you know. Am I doing something to somebody? Hey! So, 
We shall receive. So you are not saved by what you do, mm. but you are, you'll be rewarded by, based on what you do. Right. So on the, when Jesus is coming, he's going to come first mm. for, that's why he's going to come like a thief. Those who are working with him, who are let. And I showed you, wow, I showed you last week that one of the things that will help you to prepare is to carry your cross. Remember? And I explained, we discussed it in, in uh, was it a blessing? Yeah, K group is our home fellowship. We discussed it extensively, how to carry your cross. Every Christian must carry your cross. The cross is not to, for suffering, but it's for termination of a person. And who is that person? The old man. All right, let me not get distracted and go on that because my time. So you have to carry your cross and live daily, practice daily a, 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 a life which is, which is in, a life of faith in Christ based on dependence on the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's, that's it. Listen, that's the only way you can live the Christian life because you don't have what it takes to please God. Mm. Can I say that again? Yes. You, me, None of us has what it takes humanly to make God smile on you. Mm. Oh. It's just like you. It's like you can. <laughs> There's no way a human being can pass urine or stool. You have become so. You've eaten so much good food that now your stool has become like rice rice stew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't do that. You don't take your shower for a few days. People will be able to stay around. It doesn't matter how expensive your perfume is. So naturally, everything is degraded or deteriorating. Naturally, according to Romans, Romans says that entire entire nature was subjected to uh, uh, um, um, uh, corruption. Yeah. Romans chapter eight, verse twenty-two, twenty-one and twenty-two to twenty-three. Somewhere he said, no, twenty and twenty-one. Romans eight, twenty twenty-one. He said, oh, the creation was subjected to to. Yeah, 21. Because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. The, the word I wanted is corruption. Corruption unto a glorious liberty of the children of God. Go to the, the next verse and see. Verse 22. Verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Creation has been subjected to corruption. So once you are part of creation, nothing really exceptional comes out of you. So you, we don't have what it takes to please God. The only way we can please God is through our faith in Christ Jesus Christ and on de by depending on the Holy Spirit. That's why you can't be a Christian outside of the Holy Spirit. So you have to bear your cross. And then secondly, I spoke really the message, can you imagine? I have to preach it next week. Yes. So what's the title of today's message? 
Can you imagine? I haven't preached today's message. The second coming. Financial stewardship. The role of money in missing the rapture. A very long title. No, just it's practically the main thing is financial stewardship. Okay, that's how to prepare for preparing for the second coming. Financial stewardship. Last week I preached on preparing for the second coming. Um, uh, uh, what? Bearing your cross. Yeah. And this week, financial stewardship. And financial stewardship, what, how money plays a role, or the role money will play in missing the rapture. Okay. Wow. And next week, I'm supposed to go on, but it looks like I have to move this to next week. <laughs> because you didn't even finish reading the verse two or verse, yeah. He talks about, let me just speak and let touch you a little bit. Okay. Should I touch you a little bit? Yeah. Money, 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 money. What's your blessing in this season? I can't hear you. I said, what's your blessing in this season? Luke chapter 16 from verse 3. Verse 3. Then the steward said, to him, said within himself, what shall I do? For my master has taken the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do. That's when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? So he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when, they fa when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. This is not that, you know. But I don't think time will permit me. True riches. Being faithful in least. Faithful in what is another's. This is what I was going to comment on. What it means to be faithful. Was Jesus commending the dodges? Uh, steward? They said, you are going to lose your job. Quickly, started changing figures. Uh, you, how much do you owe? Five pounds. Hey, 2,000 pounds. Hey, make it 500. Uh, how much do you owe? 50,000 pounds. You know, just make it 20,000. Hey. So he made friends. Normally, when people want to leave a church, that's what they do. Uh, and they are in leadership. They make friends with congregation. So when they strike, the congregation feels, this one is the one who really cares about me. You, you never know. <laughs> oh, that's just, just, just. So those of you who have followed people out of other churches, if you follow somebody who is an assistant pastor, what it takes to be um, uh, um, chancellor of the exchequer is different from what it takes to be a prime minister. Vice president of America is not the same as the president. It's different. It's different. Mm -hmm. Assistant pastor is different from head pastor. Let alone one influential leader somewhere. Qual leader is far different. Jeremy Corbyn can be talking, not talking, not talking, talking. Let's go to parliament. Let's... Once he enters, we all did that. When we get there, then we all begin to. It's, it's, it's easy to be on the sidelines. The, the best footballers are usually not on their field. Yes. Uh, it should have, it should have. Ah, this man. Ah, 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 ah. 
it's, even, it's very easy to give comments. But the steward was very smart, and he used, watch this. Can you give me the verse 5? Verse 5, I think I will try. So he called everyone who hold all this, uh, the master's debtors, and began to favor them. Go to the verse 6. And he said, okay, this is what you are owing. Let's go to verse 8 and 9. Let's see verse 8. I want to. So the master commended, so the master commended the unjust steward. Jesus Christ was giving commendation to the unjust steward. So you see, look, the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt. Why was the commendation? Because of this. It's not because of his dodgy behavior. But he had, he was in the position and he had financial material resources in his hands at his disposal. He used it for the time when he has left where he was. Come, come, quick. Pastor, as usual, come, come quickly. No, no, only two of you. Are you okay to jump? Okay, okay. All right. So he was operating here. And he, he had a lot of money. He was so. If I take your jacket, is it safe? Yes, sir. Yes, everything is safe. <laughs> yes. Okay, I think, Master Philip, you have a three piece, so at least I can use this one <laughs> because sometimes maybe the belt is torn or something. And you, no, no, I'm just, just sometimes you, you never know. Ah, but some of you, if we take off the wig. It, <laughs> Thank God for wigs. I'll show you a, a test. No, 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 no. Shall we try it? This side, this side. <laughs> All right, I don't have time. So, this unjust one, and then his boss said, you're about to lose your job. Jesus is saying that. God is telling you, you will not be here permanently. You're about to leave the earth one day. He said, when I leave, what am I going to do? But where I'm going, I don't have a job. I can't go and dig. I can't go and beg. So then let me take advantage of now mm. to begin to prepare. So he began to invest into where he was going. And then when the time came to go, he said, okay, he went with swag. Why? Because he, know, he knew he has been smart and shrewd enough to prepare for the what was coming. He had prepared for what was coming. So Jesus commended the guy. He commended him for his shrewdness. He was a shrewd guy. You are working and eating and working and eating and working. All your energy is going into making money. And when you make the money, you enjoy it and blow it. As though life is all about now. First Corinthians 15 says that Epicureans from verse 32-33, he says that if life is just about here, then let us eat and drink. For tomorrow we die. die. <laughs> what advantage does, do we have in trying to fight for God's work? Trying to push for God's work. Let us eat it because tomorrow we die. But I said, no, the dead rises. There's resurrection coming. So Jesus commended the unjust steward, not because he was unjust, but he was prudent. He was smart to prepare for the life ahead. 
Fanny spoke about, thank you, please, let's clap for them. Then Jesus continued and spoke about how, go, go verse, verse 9. Oh, I just have to stop. Verse 9. And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mormon. Do you know what mormon is? Look at verse 11. Just verse 11. No, verse 13, I'm sorry. Verse 13. Uh, yes, see the bottom part. He said, you cannot serve God and mormon. Yeah. Mormon is wealth, riches. Right. So let's really go actually into that. How, so in what way are we, am I serving riches? He said, you, he said you either love one or be loyal to one and hate the other one. Mm. You, cannot, you cannot be. All your life is to make money and at the same time be focus. You can't focus on the two. No. Even those who have two girlfriends. You, two. But you like the other one more than the other one. Oh, yeah. Very difficult. Very difficult to love them at the same time. Yeah. When you are invited to a special dinner, you can't take both. Magadaka <laughs> shakata. So, so did you see what Jesus was saying? Yeah. You can't say, but verse 9 is a very interesting, I'm, I'm, and I definitely am going, not going to proceed further from verse 9. There are a few things I wanted to draw your attention. Next week, I'll pick one. But look at verse 9. Can you have the amplified version? It's amazing. The amplified. I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous money. That is deceitful riches, money, possession. Use the possession you have. That's the means through which you make friends for yourself. So that when it fails, one day to fail. Mm. Wow. When? One day. When it's not if. When it fails. Wow. They, those who you have favored may receive and welcome you. Watch this. Into everlasting heaven. No. You see, if you favor me, how can I invite you to everlasting? It's not, it's not just me. It's just not. It's not. Jesus talk about if you do good to any of these brethren, I'll reward you. So your attitude and your attitude and approach towards the church and other Christians is definitely going to have an impact on your eternal reward. Wow. Wow. Definitely. Because you just said, so that when this life fails, some of us, you've got the opportunity to do something in church. You think you are helping somebody. You will not help it. Uh, you, just get, you just go away. You are busy. You just go away. Whilst... There's no one to handle what you have, what you are supposed to be handling. Many people, if the work of God suffers, they can't be bothered. They can't be bothered. Oh, I can't be bothered. And they are very busy making money, chasing money, looking for extra hours. Coming to church, someone can say, me, I can't spend one hour in the church. It's a, it, it tells her who you are. It's a reflection of who and your understanding. But you can spend three hours watching a movie. Yeah. Yeah. You can stand, spend three hours, four hours watching a movie. You can spend five hours on Facebook, social media. Oh, a church that takes too long, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. It's because you don't have a, a soft spot for God. Yeah. You don't love God. But time is coming when you realize that all you are left with is what you have invested in God. Yeah. Wow. 
coming to church doesn't make us less intelligent, doesn't make us less of human beings, doesn't make us... In fact, men, sometimes that's what's amazing. Sometimes you see a young person has been invited to church, and you, you haven't even finished your studies. You are, you are failing. You are, you are a dropout. And there are doctors, there are architects, there are top, top intelligent people here. And we are even looking for God and you. I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, at least let me say this. Let me say this. You are intelligent. Excuse me, lady. Can you rise your feet, my darling? Come on, Sorry. Listen. This is the only relationship I have been in in my entire life. And last Thursday, we were 15 years. Watch this. Don't clap. I'm not joking. Thursday, we were 15 years. And we, we went out for six years before we got married. So how many years? 21 years of being together. Wow. Watch this. You can't even sustain two years of relationship. I get what I'm saying. I'm just drawing your attention because somebody has given you an exaggerated opinion of yourself. Thinking that those of us in church are not smart. We are far smarter. We are far. It takes a certain level of higher common sense to serve God. Yes. I'm telling you. We have never, we have never fought, and we will never fight. We have never fought. We will never fight. We have a loving relationship. I love her, she loves This is not fake, you know? No, no, it's real. It's real love. It's not fake. When I'm preaching, you see the way she encourages me more. It's not stage managed. It's not stage managed, thank you. His wife is here. His wife is there. His wife. Hey, all of you men who are married and you have wives and you are with your wife, rise to your feet. Let's see. Oh, yes. We are not fighting God's <laughs> now. These are married men. You are a boyfriend. And you have been a boyfriend for, for 12 years. Men to marry. <laughs> Take men and stay married. <laughs> Women, am I speaking the truth? Yeah. Is it a good message? I'm not saying if you're having struggles in your marriage, you are not a man. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that it takes a certain level. Yes. You see, the kind of woman or man you choose. It's a reflection of your wisdom. We want to, you want us to know how wise you are. We have to know who you are going out with. Wow. It tells us a lot about you. I'll clap for myself. Oh. My God. My God. All right, I think I've gone too far. Tomorrow, ne- next week, I'll continue from um, unrighteous moment. Yeah. Unrighteous moment. What did, why did he say unrighteous? Why did Jesus say it's unrighteous moment? How can you make friends with unrighteous moment? Mm. 
so that eternally someone can receive you into eternal habitation. Did you receive something? Yeah. Yes. Wow. You are here, you want to say, Pastor, I believe God has been speaking to me. I can't pretend about it. I know my time has come to take a step in towards my destiny and prepare in my work with God. You know God has been speaking to you and time has come for you to say, yes, Jesus, I'm ready to work with you. I'm ready to sacrifice anything to work with you. You are not growing younger, you are growing older. You know your time has come. And you really don't really want to be bothered about what someone may think about you. It's, it's, their cup of, it's not their cup of tea. It's up to them. But you know, genuinely in your heart, you have heard. Jesus said, I know my sheep, and my sheep know my voice. You've heard the voice of God, and you want, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to invite Jesus and start a new life in Christ. Because my good works cannot help me. My good works cannot help me. And my, I won't let my bad works stop me. I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I want to say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I want to start a new life with you. If that is your genuine prayer, if it's not your genuine prayer, please don't bother. But if that's your genuine prayer, you know you can't be hypocritical about it. You're, you genuinely want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to start a new relationship with Jesus. Please, if that's your genuine prayer, you just pray after me, but mean it from your heart. Make it your personal prayer. When I begin to pray, pray after me. When I say, just say after me, but mean it from your heart. And that changes everything. That's how simple it is, but it's very profound. In the name of Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, Jesus. I know I'm a sinner and have sinned against you. But I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sins. If I were the only one alive, you would have still died to save me. Thank you. I repent, I repent from today, and I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I make a commitment. I make a decision that I'll serve you. I'll work with you. I'll be faithful. I'll serve you. I'll do your work. I'll honor you with all my life, with all my might, with all my mind, with all my strength. Thank you for what you have done on the cross for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you so much for my precious brothers and sisters. They heard your voice and they decided to take a step. I pray for them that help them to be strong. Help them, give them a testimony in you. Give them grace to be able to be strong and serve you faithfully to the end. For your word says that they that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. I, I speak a blessing upon their lives. I speak your grace upon their lives that what the enemy has planned against any of them will fail in the name of Jesus. Any of them standing here with critical illness currently or imminent, I pray that let it be aborted and canceled by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray for healing. There's someone here who is having a, a critical medical condition. I pray that God will heal you. I pray for healing for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. 
Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.